because it's really understanding the why investing in your people is so critical, you know, because it's easy to understand buying stuff, right? Buying a laptop, investing in equipment, board members understand that because it's tangible. When we think about improvement, part of the challenge is it's a mindset and a skill set. And it's really on both sides of your house. If I asked you what we do when we onboard support staff, people will say, I give them a job title and a key and show them how to to do the time reporting system. (laughs) We're viewing people as job titles, not as capability builders within the organization. So that biggest shift is really understanding people are our major benefit within our organization. It's our major investment and it's our major benefit. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, we close out our AASA series of authors published in the April edition of the School Administrator magazine. Over the past month, I interviewed Pat Greco and three superintendents published in the April edition of the School Administrator magazine, Ryan Carpenter, Estacada, Oregon, Jennifer Lowry, T. Area in South Dakota, and Larry Wimet, Lac du Flambeau, Wisconsin. Today, Dr. Pat Greco joins me to close out the AASA School Administrator Magazine series and opens a new series focused on classroom improvement and departmental improvement. And over the past years, we've held both in-person and virtual destination high-performance conferences. This summer, we launch an extension of our services, the Virtual Destination High-Performance Academy. This summer, we'll begin working with two superintendents, featured in the School Administrator magazine to execute and work toward hardwiring a classroom improvement model. This model has been highlighted in our partner district, the School District of Menominee Falls, with the current superintendent, Corey Gala. Dr. Greco will join me today. Our other content developers and DHP faculty and coaches will join me over the next several weeks, Dr. Joanne Sternke, Dr. K.K. Owen, Dr. Holly Ellis, and Dr. Kathy Oropala. Today, Dr. Pat Greco, Senior Director of Thought Leadership, is joining us again on the show. She led the School District of Menominee Falls to become a Carnegie Foundation of Advancement of Teaching Showcase last month. Pat and I discussed one of our partner school districts and how they've hardwired decision-making roles and measures that matter across the system on episode 178. So connect back to that if you'd like. Today, we're going to spend time digging deeper into the significance of leadership fundamentals and improvement at the classroom level. So let me start by welcoming Pat to our show again. Welcome back, Pat. Thank you, Janet. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's always such an honor to have the conversations with leaders that are working so hard to do really important work. Absolutely. And this summer is going to be a maybe a little vacation for them, maybe a week or something, but then they're going to be right back at it as we begin to shift into the new academic year, hopefully back to what we will now become normal again, but back in person. So I know, Pat, as we've talked over the years, you feel strongly about investing in the brain power of people to facilitate problem solving and measures that matter. You're doing that every day with individuals that you serve. Can you talk a, a little bit about why those are the, so significant within a school system? 
when you think about large organizations, you know, the way that students and families and teachers experience the organization is really in the day-to-day actions. You know, so Janet, you know, we value that people first and service is everything. When you think about the way people are the capabilities of individuals and the capacity of the organization is really built in that mindset. How do you actually build their permission to problem solve in the moment? That capacity of understanding where the organization is heading. How do you know the ability to give that license in that day-to-day moment of how am I going to make the best decision right now on behalf of the individuals and the organization? And then how do we sustain it in a way that it doesn't create that tremendous lift all the time as you've got a new hire? You've got the system built so that it's consistent. You're building that strong base. You're able to have those common conversations of where you're going and how do you solve problems. So when you think about that building that backbone, it actually builds that capability to learn with those close to the work, doing those daily interactions, gives people the permission to lead and to make decisions that are going to be well aligned, gives you that leadership at every level. You know, it improves retention and belonging because people, regardless of job titles, feel important, engaged, and valued because they're doing important work on behalf of the team, but they're doing it with a knowledge base and understanding of really that whole system and where are we trying to go? What are our core processes? What are the measures that really matter for my job, as well as our team, as well as our school, as well as our department? Helps you improve results and really build that proactive culture of, I, if I see a problem, I have the ability to solve it at the level closest to the challenge. And then I also know who else to engage because it's an entire system in that problem solving process. Yeah, I just, I love, you know, what you just said. And I was just thinking with a couple of organizations that I've been working with, you know, I've been working a little bit at the, at the management or the, you know, the level that's not at the executive team, you know, the, and so they're looking at some different types of system changes, Pat. And, you know, one of the things they, sometimes they feel like I can't do anything about it, you know, and so the conversation that a couple of organizations that have, we've been having is, you know, let's identify what the core problem is and the, and the root cause, potential root cause of that problem and how you might solve it, one or two or three solutions, and then take those solutions to the executive team rather than taking the problem to the executive team. And it right. gives them, it gives them energy, you know, and some hope like, oh gosh, yeah, that makes sense. And so I love that giving permission you know, that yeah. they do have the permission to r- really help solve something to take it to that next level or that level up. Think from the level up, they would appreciate those solutions coming to them would be my guess. Right. And and the research says the people closest to the work know the job roles the best, but they also see how the current processes are either allowing the system to function well or not. And in every job function, we have three to five core processes that are tied to the next department, the next division, the next, all of it is tied together in a system. But the people closest to the work really know not just the work, but the core process 
well enough that they're seeing the barriers live. And so having them understand that mindset and the skill set of improvement is really what arms that ability within the organization. Yeah, really important. You know, the other thing you've heard me say over the last two or three months, I just keep coming back to the word fundamentals, you know, leadership fundamentals, that they're more important than ever right now. And we, I know you and I both recognize the importance of those of the fundamentals to achieve organizational excellence. So, what do you think are, are are some of the fundamental pieces on how they and how do they influence? Let's go back to classroom improvement for a minute. Yeah, and the fundamentals are really important. We can talk about the classroom at the building level. We know that people will think about shared goals. You know, they'll think about shared measures, and then. We think about core strategies that really make that difference of when we're thinking about the improvement process. Part of the challenge is, is as we're onboarding a 23-year-old teacher, they, they aren't necessarily grounded in the pace of the year, you know, the core strategies they've learned, but they haven't deployed yet. So part of that, when we think about having that shared goal, that alignment of that flow of the year what always actions are there going to be, what feedback matters most, you know, what are the common assessments that matter most, and then how do we get the time together in the, in the grade level time, the department time, to really think about the plan, how they're deploying, what their assessments are saying, the study, and then how they're acting together. So when we think about that classroom fundamental, it's really building that improvement cycle mindset and the abilities as a connected fiber, not as I have my curriculum, I have my assessments, I have my high leverage strategies. You're really seeing it as that process is connected and the pieces all make sense. They're not viewed as separate, isolated things that I'm trying to do, trying to learn, because it all flows together for that aim of the classroom outcomes, the aim of the school outcomes, the aim of the organizational outcomes. So it's all connected, and it makes the learning and the deployment of it make sense, because I'm not learning it as isolated pieces. Yeah. So, you know, staying with that topic, Pat, that it's not isolated and it's through the system. You know, I mean, you, you've been a award-winning superintendent and you've hardwired improvement, you know, from the boardroom to the classroom. You know, that's really what you've been recognized for and did, did it and continue to work with others to do it really well. Talk a little bit about what that looks like and then what does it look like? And, you know, what's, what's a, what are some of the challenge of getting people on board at all of the levels? Yeah, and I'll I'll start with the challenges because it's really understanding the why investing in your people is so critical, you know, because it's easy to understand buying stuff, right? Buying a laptop, investing in equipment, board members understand that because it's tangible. When we think about improvement, part of the challenge is it's a mindset and a skill set. And it's really on both sides of your house. If I asked you what we do when we onboard support staff, people will say, I give them a job title and a key and show them how to to do the time reporting system. (laughs) We're viewing people as job titles, not as capability builders within the organization. So that biggest shift is really understanding people are our major benefit within our organization. It's our major investment and it's our major benefit. 
moving forward with the early adopters so that you can develop some quick wins so that you can see the power of it. Storytelling every step of the way is significant because it actually builds that momentum and people understand really not just the power of doing the development, but the outcome of having the energy of the people in problem solving, the people being close to the work, really generating better solutions than any leader could come up independently and really building that scaffold of that leadership development at every level of the organization. Improvement isn't fast as far as that development, but the mindset is deep and it engages and it creates more rapid solutions because of that front-loading in that development and that capability building and that seamless understanding, that thousand conversations of this is where we're where we're going. What's your insights about the barriers that are being created? What do we need to solve for? And it's that thousand conversations as you're going through that process. And then what's significant is onboarding is intentional. It's not just focused on the key, the reporting system, how you apply for sick days. It's really intentional around the values, how we treat one another, the core processes, the measures that matter. People don't see their jobs in bits and pieces. They see it as a connected whole, even though we know when we're onboarding, it's going to take people six months, nine months, 12 months, three years to get into that deeper level of mastery, that deeper level of maturity. But the sense making is greater from the start because I'm not, you know, Janet, we were both teachers. We got a stack of books, right? Uh-huh. We got old stuff that we were trying to doing sense making around. We had a key and a job title. We didn't get onboarded for capabilities. We were assigned a title and a job and a place to report. This is fundamentally different than that. This is yes. building individual capability and organizational capacity by building that backbone and thinking about both the instructional side and the support side of the house, whether yep. you're in nutrition, in facilities, in transportation, all of them have very important capabilities that build capacity for the system. So I think that's a next article, Pat, you know, that yep. number, this, this question, you know, know. there's so many good pieces in that. So anyway, I think uh, Casey, um, who connects with us, let's jot it down and we should capture that. So significant. So many things what you said. So, you know, as and you live that you did that, you live that you're watching and coaching and working with other people to do that. So what are the results of the implementation for classroom improvement? What is it? How does it benefit students, teachers, and schools and districts in general? It gets you past the jargon of the day. You know, so when I started differentiation of instruction, then it moved into RTI, PBIS. Improvement builds on the research of each component of what we're trying to accomplish. We want children goal setting. We want kids reflecting on the strategies that matter most. We want kids monitoring their progress. We want them to understand the strategies that make the difference for them. Conferring with a teacher is one of the major things that they've got somebody who they can count on, who they know cares and are connected with that human. It's going to create the results that are going to be a difference maker for that child and the organizational goals. I I can't tell you how many times I've heard leaders say, you know, we're, we have this goal, but we're not doing development, right? 
we don't yeah. have time for improvement because we're chasing you know, our, our reporting requirements. Once that mindset of improvement sinks in, the rest of it, none of it's easy. It's not easy to yeah. do, but it's so, it's so much easier when the pieces are connected and you're looking at pulling those processes and that fiber together rather than playing whack-a-mole of we're doing this and that and a thousand different things as isolated pieces of work. So as we think about it, you know, individuals have capabilities, organizations build capacity. Evidence-based leadership refers to always actions. Improvement is part of that system always action and building that capacity for the organization to keep it going over time, you know, and the ability to create that common base of understanding and having large teams of people really understand their role in problem solving. Yeah. And, you know, I think some people, you know, come to us and want to build better in workforce engagement and engaged environments and everything we're talking about, you know, that's what it's what does it, you know, yeah, I mean, we put, it, is. it is because people become connected and engaged and, and, and have com- conversation dialogue about I've, the work I've and the things people, that are most significant. Yeah. I've had people say to me, I've never worked harder in trying mm-hmm. to understand my work, but mm-hmm. I've never felt more purposeful because yeah. I finally see how my little piece of the pie contributes to the whole pie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. So as we close today, we've learned a lot in our in our world in the last year. Uh, we've moved a little bit more to virtual or we have moved to virtual. We've, we've learned how we can improve our own practices. And so one of the ways that we've been able to do that is to create a new our series and capture our intellectual thought and online lessons. And we're going to begin to launch the Destination High Performance Academy, as I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, you know, going to focus on a couple of superintendents as we launch it. So as we close, can you share, you know, why you think that us, you know, making those improvements to build out DHP Academy in that virtual world is important? Well, I'm I'm excited on multiple fronts. First, we're handling it like a test of improvement. Right. So we're not scaling it to everyone. We're going to learn our way into How do you create the scale? Organizations hire at all sorts of different times of year, Janet. You know, we often think about onboarding in August, and then we're hiring teachers all the way through August, September. You've got maternity leaves. You've got support staff members that are hired. They're not hired just at the beginning of a school year. And then people forget we have new team members joining us. Right. So building that base and that access, building that understanding, that mindset of we're all improvers and leadership is a behavior, not a title, is really critical across an organization. I think the DHP format is going to help us reach out to organizations, small and large, Mm -hmm. rural and complex large organization, a large system often operates in really isolated ways because it's too big to organize as one. And then you've got rural organizations that are too dispersed to organize as one. So I'm, I'm encouraged by the capabilities that it's going to afford us to support people in a variety of different ways. Strong teams don't occur by chance. Right. You know, leaders live 
at every level of the organization. And too often, we invest too heavily in isolated events of training. And then we don't sustain that common base, that common foundation of how we think, what we value, you know, how we're building that capacity across every team, and then the cycles of improvement that are really going to arm them with that passion to stay connected and that purposefulness of you're a difference maker, regardless what chair you sit in, in the organization. So I'm really excited. Yeah. I think it I think it's going to allow us, you know, to value people, build better processes and create really strong service in a way that we've never seen and the results are going to come with it. Yeah, I am too, Pat. And I think, you know, just hate that we had to go through what we did last year. I think it people, most everyone would say what I'm about to say now, you know, would, would not want to do that again. And on the, and then as we've gone through having to change, we've made, had to make those changes and we're seeing, uh, seeing a difference and making ourselves better so that we can help other people get better and vice versa. So, you know, appreciate the connection today. This is an unbelievable episode. I think we have so many thoughts to capture and to continue with as our work has progressed, as our partners have progressed, you know, just continuing to get better and better, our partners and and us, I think, connecting with them, getting better and better at, at moving this forward. That's going to make a huge difference in, in education. So you're a big part of that. And I appreciate you being with us today. Thanks, Janet. Appreciate the entire team's work and, you know, the territory that we're heading into. I think it's going to help everyone be unstoppable. Absolutely. So want to let everybody know one of the things that we're doing with one of the things that we did last year is we started having roundtables every Tuesday. Uh, we have um, at Tuesday at two o'clock central time, we have a, a roundtable where we can can connect with you all and connect with anyone who wants to connect with our partners. And this this summer, we're featuring our organizational partners with us on those roundtables. So you can learn a tactic or two, network with them and learn from each other. So we thought that would build a great opportunity for everyone to have that connection. So to learn more about any of our upcoming virtual events, including the roundtables and our What's Right in Education conference coming up in October, visit studereducation.com slash events. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can all be our best at work. Have a great week, everyone.